Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Happy Friday, Junior, everyone. Almost to another Friday here. So, let's start off by saying we are on a mission to make magazines great again. So subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope, Elon Musk, and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politics is not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle and joy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today for issue $60 per year. That's it. Go to fightlaffeast.com right now to sign up. Hey, we got a Christmas edition coming out soon, so you'll want to you'll want to get subscribed for that. The CDC back in the news as it moves to add COVID vaccine to child immunization schedule for federal programs. On Thursday, the Center for Disease Control is set to vote on whether or not to include the COVID vaccine in their recommended schedule of shots for children and teens. The CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is scheduled to meet on Wednesday and Thursday to discuss, amongst other topics, whether to include the COVID vaccines and other vaccinations into their child and adolescent immunizations schedule. According to WBOY, the CDC is considering adding the vaccine to their schedule in order for it to be covered under the federally funded Vaccines for Children, VFC program, and other programs. In order for vaccines to be covered under health plans, shots must be approved by the CDC director and appear on the CDC's immunization schedule, according to a document from the CDC. According to the CDC, VFC is a a federally funded program that provides vaccines to children at no cost to families. CDC's immunization schedule for kids is seen as a recommendation for parents and physicians on when certain vaccines should be administered. The schedule also serves as a building block for school districts nationwide, many of whom chose to follow these guidelines as requirements for children to enter public schools. This inclusion of the COVID-19 vaccine on the schedule could give the green signal for school districts to enforce mandates on their students, with some schools across the country pausing their mandates over low vaccination numbers in minors. Many European nations have said that COVID vaccines are not necessary for children. Take that as you will. Elsewhere, ABC News investigative producer disappears after FBI raid was working on book about Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal. An award-winning ABC News national security investigative producer has seemingly gone missing following an FBI raid on his home in April for unclear reasons. James Gordon Meek was in the process of writing a book on the Biden administration's controversial withdrawal from Afghanistan when his neighbors spotted armored vehicles outside of his home and he hasn't been heard from since. Meek, age 52, was best known for his breaking news stories on high levels of corruption within the U.S. military. His bombshell report of the Army's cover-up of a fracticidal death of Private First Class Dave Sherritt II in Iraq landed Meek in a meeting with then-President Obama. He seemed to be at the height of his career with nine years at ABC, a newly released documentary on Hulu, and a book on the way. That's why so many are baffled at his mysterious and uncharacteristically abrupt disappearance. It was on April 27th of this year when police cruisers and unmarked utility vehicles were spotted blocking the street outside of Meek's Arlington, Virginia apartment building. According to a Rolling Stone report, that was around the time of his last online activity, with one last like being sent from his Twitter account on May 2nd. Since then, he's been silent, 
An FBI representative confirmed that agents were present that morning at the 2300 block of Columbia Pike, Arlington, Virginia, conducting court-authorized law enforcement activity. The FBI cannot comment further due to an ongoing investigation, they said. A federal magistrate judge signed off on the search warrant the day before the raid. In accordance with a new policy enacted last year, federal prosecutors are not allowed to seize journalist documents without approval from the deputy attorney general, meaning that Biden appointed Lisa Monaco had to have given her blessing if that's what the raid was for. Despite the Bureau's involvement, Meek has not been charged with any crime. Anonymous sources claimed to the Rolling Stone that federal agents found classified information on Meek's laptop, but the contents of said information are unknown at this time. His lawyer, Eugene Gorkov... Gorokov, I think that's how you say it, responded to the claims. Quote, Mr. Meek is unaware of what allegations anonymous sources are making about his possession of classified documents if such documents exist, as claimed. This would be within the scope of his long career as an investigative journalist covering government wrongdoing. The allegations in your inquiry are troubling for a different reason. They appear to come from a source inside the government. It is highly inappropriate and illegal for individuals in the government to leak information about an ongoing investigation. We hope that the DOJ promptly investigates the source of this leak, end quote. Still, no comment on where exactly his client is. Elsewhere, Stacey Abrams suggests having an abortion is a solution to inflation, economic realities of having a child. Democratic Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams was criticized on Wednesday after suggesting that having an abortion could be a solution to high inflation and claiming that having children is why people are worried about the price of gas and groceries. I just asked you, you're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what I talk about on the trail, and that's what's resonating. But let's not pretend that women, half the population, especially those of childbearing age, they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue. It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have. Abrams made her comments a day after President Biden pledged that if the Democrats keep control of Congress, he will codify in January the federal right to abortion once granted by the recently overturned Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. At no point during the speech did the president, who was a freshman senator nearly 50 years ago when Roe v. Wade was decided in January 1973, mention inflation or the economy. 
The same day, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California rejected a New York Times poll that found voters believe the economy and inflation are the top two issues facing the nation, calling it, quote, an outlier. Abrams said that at the end of September that there was no such thing as a fetal heartbeat at six weeks. So take what you say, take what she says, rather with a grain of salt. Elsewhere, fake news. Zelensky's famous quote of need ammunition, not a ride, never happened. A senior official claims that a famous quote by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky appears to be fake news, war propaganda. The quote about needing ammunition helped catapult his credentials as a defiant wartime leader. The revelation came amidst a sprawling report by the New Yorker on the Biden administration's support for Ukraine, which is far more extensive than previously known and includes operational planning at the highest levels. But Zelensky's famous line, I need ammunition, not a ride, and the fact that it may have been completely fabricated and promoted by the media ad nauseum casts a further pall on a war narrative that has at times seemed crafty by the heavy hand of a former Actor. From the New Yorker, two days into the invasion, the Associated Press reported that Zelensky had rejected a U.S. offer to evacuate him from Kiev, saying, you know it by now, quote, I need ammunition, not a ride, end quote. A senior U.S. official said, to the best of my knowledge, that never happened. The official added, but hats off to Zelensky and the people around him. It was a great line. If you're searching for evidence that American media are perfectly fine with helping to perpetuate falsehoods in the war effort in Ukraine, you need look no further than the Washington Post and fact-checker Glenn Kessler. Kessler analyzed the claim that Zelensky had uttered the quote, I need ammunition, not a ride, though he admitted the claim was not easily verifiable. He concluded using Zelensky's press secretary that the quote, even if not accurate, reflects the moment. Well, at least he tried. The rest of the media simply ran with it. This isn't the first time stories coming out of Ukraine had proven to be completely orchestrated in an effort to drum up emotional support from the United States. Around the same time as the Zelensky ammunition quote, a story was developing about a defiant group of 13 Ukrainian border guards defending Snake Island in the Black Sea who reportedly told a Russian warship to go F yourself after being ordered to surrender. The 13 Ukrainian border guards were initially widely reported as killed as the Russian warship opened fire with barreled guns and aircraft bombing Snake Island. Heck, I even think we covered that on CrossPolitik. So, you know, we it was, it was a big story at the time. Zelensky said during a press briefing that the guards died heroes and even said that the 13 would be posthumously awarded the title of Hero of Ukraine. It was later reported they were still alive and in Russian captivity, so good for them. Then, of course, there is the infamous Ghost of Kiev propaganda promoted by some prominent figures here in the United States. Some, like Rep. Adam Kinzinger, were also willing to believe the story. They were so willing to believe the story, in fact, that they promoted fake images of a meme character known as Samuel Hyde. It's breathtaking the number of stories like the Zelensky ammunition fairy tale that have been thrust upon the American people as a means to justify the absurd level of financial and military support being offered to Ukraine at our expense. Fox News host Tucker Carlson has seemingly had enough eviscerating Zelensky for making further outrageous demands for financial aid while the United States economy and the American people are suffering. The scope of this year's support uh, should be not less than $5 billion. What? Some uppity foreigner in a t-shirt demanding money for his critical economic needs? We have critical economic needs too, buddy. Who are you, troll? Go away. What? Since when does that guy have a claim on our treasury? 
Zelensky is now shaking down our cowardly Congress for more cash at the very moment our own economy and our own borders are collapsing, Carlson would go on to add. And before we wrap up with my favorite topic, you know the one, sports, let's end with New St. Andrews College. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom, thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. Find out more at nsa.edu. That's nsa.edu. All right. Now it's time for my favorite topic, sports. L.A. Chargers kicker Dustin Hopkins gives glory to Jesus Christ after powering team to overtime victory over the Denver Broncos. And normally I wouldn't, we wouldn't hear much props for a kicker, but given the fact that this was a 19-16 to win and he was 4 of 4 from field goals on the day, he accounted for 12 of the team's 19 points. He deserves a little prop with that one. With less than three minutes left in overtime, Hopkins nailed a 39-yard field goal to give the Chargers the 19-16 win. That's good. Scott puts it down. That's good. The kick is good. And the Chargers win it in overtime. Not only did he hit the game-winning field goal, but he did so while playing with a hamstring injury that he suffered after hitting the first extra point of the game. And I may not be a doctor, but, you know, as a kicker, you kind of need your legs to function at full capacity. So, power to him. Following the game-winning field goal, Hopkins spoke with ESPN's Lisa Salters, where he gave all glory to Christ. Dustin... It was obvious that you were in a lot of pain. How were you able to grit this one out? Um, before I directly answer that, I just want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, hey, thanks for taking care. Love you, brother. Um, I got so much to be thankful for apart from football. And so when something like this happens, uh, I'm blessed either way. But to be on the, the good side of that is, is obviously it feels a lot better. Three cheers for you, Dustin. Three cheers for you. As, again, the Chargers win 19-16 off of his great effort. That's going to do it for this CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or our magazine, go ahead and subscribe for that. You can do both of those things at fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to email me a news story, if you want to ask me about conferences or our magazine, if you want to sign up for a club membership or to be a corporate partner, you can do all those things by emailing me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Cross-politic news, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.